It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You're listening to Wrestling to the Max. Alert, alert, clear all channels. This is an exclusive. How you like that? Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. No mercy. No mercy. Welcome to the Wrestling of the Max No Mercy 2017 Review Show. That's right. And, of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. And make sure you go ahead and check us out on wherever you get your podcast. Maybe you go to YouTube or Podcast Addict, maybe even Apple Podcasts. Go find us there. You'll get all our great review shows plus a lot more. And, of course, once again, I am Gary Vaughn. Along with me is Mr. Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Paul Leeser. Hey, yo. And, of course, guys, I am here. And, of course, my voice isn't the strongest tonight. Been getting over a little sickness. But, hey, I'm glad to at least be here for this great review show. And, you know, it's, it's you know, once again, I, I'm that kind of guy that wants to be a part of it because I, I just love talking about it. But if it wasn't for that, I would definitely not be on. So I apologize if I sound terrible tonight. You know, I wish I could sound like Barry Mandela when I got sick or, you know, uh, someone, you know, really with a sexy voice. That's not me, you know, so <laughs> uh, just the way it works, guys. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, once again, you know, I, I just ready to talk no mercy so you know you guys ready to get this thing started you ready to kick this thing off let's do it buddy all right well let's go ahead and jump in i want to throw i want to do the match that doesn't matter let's just talk about the pre-show briefly i don't know if you guys even watched it we had silas uh silas oh my god elias i want to you know talk ring of honor elias is out there singing and of course you know apollo cruz is his champion uh kind of guy i guess because now he's to come into the ring and face off against a guy that really is only a champion because of titus worldwide right that's the only kind of championship he holds and it's a situation where one, two, three squash pretty much because Elias does what he usually does and squashes the guy. So 
you know, it, this is uh, throwaway for me. I don't know, guys. I'm trying to throw something there to make it matter, but it really doesn't matter a whole lot. I didn't even watch this. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how much. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so Elias is actually worth watching, Sean. But I think Apollo Cruz is becoming the champion of No One Saw Me Wrestle. Uh, I watched. I think that was the last minute of this or two minutes of this. Uh, who cares? Yeah. Like, Do you guys I feel mean, bad? Th- this was Cruz? just the worthless pre-show match just to say they had one yeah it really is but do you guys not feel bad for Apollo Crews because I really do feel that way about the guy like he has some great talent he has something yeah his charisma is not there I just think that they always put him in a situation where it's just it doesn't mean anything and I just feel so bad for this young guy uh, I mean, Apollo is another one of those guys who was brought up too soon, as is, I think, a lot of the case for what happens with people down in NXT because they have a bunch of buzz around them and they call them up and there's nothing for him to do there or you see something glaring that they're missing. And for Apollo, that was a gimmick. He never had one. He still doesn't really have one. He's just kind of palling around with Titus. And that's there's it's still flat. There's nothing for anybody to connect to and they don't really let him do what made him so great outside of WWE, and that's really let him show off his athleticism, and it's just it's not what they want him to do. Yeah, and Titus Worldwide, it's kind of entertaining, but, you know, you, you notice on Raw especially, it just does not get enough airtime. Now, if you go to their YouTube channel, it's all there all day long, right? I mean, uh-huh. you're getting clips every Monday night from Titus Worldwide. Besides that, no one even knows it would exist. And I think the same here. It's in the pre-show. It doesn't matter. But Elias, I think, does matter. I think Elias is a guy that continually gets these pre-show roles. But, once again, he does get to stand tall, right? He's the guy that gets to squash whoever it is. And then, you know, he's on TV every week for Raw. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just want to throw that out there just in case someone out there did watch it. I'm sorry. We're not enthusiastic about it. It's just, you know, let's be honest, not the situation that, you know, really makes us want to watch a pre-show. We are going to talk about a match that people do want to watch. and That's the intercontinental title match between the Miz, the champion currently, and a young guy that, you know, Kurt Angle is looking to every day to go out there and hopefully take on his lineage and make things happen with his Jason Jordan. This is a match, you know, like several, you know, matches I think we'll talk about tonight where kind of started out a little slower. Uh, and then I think it kind of picked up momentum. And now that you do also have to include the Mr. Raj kind of getting involved, there was a lot more antics and things going on in this match. But I think at the end here, we got a pretty solid outing for both guys. And I was I was actually pleasantly surprised. I think Jason Jordan did some good things in this match. And I, I felt pretty good about it. You do have the Miz winning because of Curtis Axel getting involved and really screwing over Jason Jordan like we expected. I mean, Paul, what did you think about this one? Uh, this is a really good opener. I thought Miz and Jordan worked very well together. I liked I liked a lot of the stuff that was happening in this match. It just it went exactly the way you were expecting it to. Miz Taraj gets involved, Jordan ends up getting in too deep, costs him the match. That's I mean, that's really all there is to it. I don't it's like watching Raw, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it this was this was really good. Maybe Jason Jordan's best match. 
singles wise. Uh, who mm. would have thought that the Miz is the one pulling that out with him? Uh, but uh, he, you know, it, the thing is, it this storyline is really hurting him because uh, you know as much as commentary wants to make it seem like the who's your daddy's chance are for the Miz, they're not. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, just, that's sad. And then his promo at at the end was awful. But hey, you know, when you're given a horrible storyline, what are you supposed to do? But still, this was a a good match. Pretty much, you knew the Miz Taras was going to get involved. They do, the Miz wins. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I don't think that Jason Jordan... It's really all that great on the mic. I, you know what? To be honest with you, still not great here. Um, but it was okay hey, compared to what I've seen him do in the past. And the one thing that I think really put the the bad spot in it and, and the bad taste in my mouth was when he made that whole comment at the end, right? I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of it now. I remember it was a comment that just like, oh my god, uh, why did you have to say it? And uh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head right now, but it was just bad, right? Uh, he, he said, you know, something that was just so silly, and it's almost reminded me of the sucker and succotash thing from Roman Reigns. So, uh, just you know, let Jason Jordan get better, but keep stupid things out of his mouth. It doesn't help him any. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think a pretty good opener here. I, I think a lot of people walked away happy. I really am kind of curious to see, you know, where we go from here, especially with the fact that we're still getting those shades of Jason Jordan. You know, letting down Kurt Angle and, of course, himself. And I'm really, you know, looking forward to Monday Night Raw when we get more information and stuff, you know, when it comes to that whole thing. Mm. Well, let's talk. Should, go ahead. I think we should talk about the fact, like, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a crowd that just does not buy into the Jordan storyline. Uh, and you could say there's varying degrees of it no matter where they go. But this crowd actually cheers the Miz when he cheats because they, <laughs> they just they don't want to see Jordan like this. So. <laughs> Oh my God! It's too true, though. I mean, Sean. I mean, do you agree? I mean, it's just—it's ridiculous. Well, I've said this from the beginning. Like, you gave him a storyline that doesn't make sense. It was doomed to fail from the beginning, and the crowd is not. Look, there's suspending your disbelief, and then there's like, "Wow, this is fake." People believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta, you gotta. Think about that sometimes when you're WWE. Like, there is a reason why just certain storylines do not work in wrestling because you have to have that reality thing with them, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just this is a soap opera, but there's certain soap opera things ain't gonna work, okay? <laughs> like, they're just not. Uh, you know, like the whole you know Spanish soap opera thing where the guy sleeps with like a million women. And then, oh, I have the baby with somebody else. And then you find out 20 years later that you got the wrong daddy. Like, that stuff only works in novellas. It doesn't work in wrestling. Stop. Just stop. I mean, what I'm sad about is that how the hell do you get this off, Jason Jordan? Is he saddled with this the rest of the time he's in WWE now? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, you know, the only way you're going to get it off is if you play it off like, you know, Jason Jordan lied about it and all that stuff, right? I mean, where he can just kind of push it away and say, that was a heelish thing I did, wasn't it? Ha, 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 ha. Now, you know, let's move to the next chapter. Honestly, I think the only way they're going to redeem this is he has to have a feud with Kurt Angle. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's necessary. I still like the idea of them just getting into the term and turn, excuse me, while and Jordan uh, sort of cracking under the pressure of trying to be his dad. Um, I'm, and then you could just sort of stop mentioning it after a while. But I think getting into the turn for now, let the booze just dictate where you're going to go. That's I think that'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a better way of doing it as well. And I look at this whole thing as, you know, Jason Jordan is so young and he's still learning a lot. And, you know, this is a big time thing for him. And I just hope sometimes it's not too big for him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he's a great athlete. He's going to do all those kind of things that you want when it comes to in-ring action and all that. But when it comes to storylines and having to speak and, and do all that kind of stuff, he's still a little unbelievable at this point and you know going back to what i said while ago i actually had to look it up because i completely forgot but here at the end of that interview with renee young it was about you all say kurt angle sucks well guess what Miz, you really suck and then that was just awful i mean mm-hmm. he could have just you know finished off with just saying i i, I want to get my rematch and then walk off i think people would have been more acceptable of that especially all these crit- critics in the crowd and of course at home now the critics get to hang their hat on something that's obviously just stupid. I mean, just the dumbest thing you could have said. Uh, it's almost like a, a middle school you know, argument. It's just so dumb. So mm-hmm. who knows? I, I want good things coming out of Jason Jordan. Uh, I really, really do. But they have to make this whole thing work in the end. They have to. Otherwise, Jason Jordan is going to take an early hit to his career. And I don't want to see that happen. Let's talk about something that, you know, I'm kind of curious what you guys still think. I know I'm still a little uninspired about it, but here we go. Let's talk about Bray Wyatt taking on Finn Balor in a match that started out with Bray Wyatt attacking Finn Balor from behind and throwing him around quite a bit and uh, trying to get an early advantage here. And for a lot of the time, you got a chance to see Bray Wyatt have some success. You had some moments where Finn Balor got his you even get that nice little moment where Finn Balor is terrified by the uh, spider walk, which, once again, something I'm uninspired by. Uh, but they go to the match, and in the end, we do have Finn Balor becoming successful with a coup de grace. Still don't know if I care a lot, but, I mean, here we are. Uh, Finn Balor wins. Did they continue this, Sean? Uh, this was actually a good match. I thought I thought it was good for what it was, better than their first one. So that's a plus. Uh, I, I cared more about this one. I felt like they, Wyatt had something to go off of with the rib stuff, and then he kind of went away from it. But they played off it well, and I what matters is that Balor won. I think with Balor winning now uh, twice. One with and one without the demon. I think there's really not anything you can go off of here. Uh, you need to move Finn away from this uh, at this point because, you know, we kind of know what Bray Wyatt is. Bray Wyatt is the character killer. So 
You know, you want to kill a character, put him in a feud long enough with Bray Wyatt, that will happen. So, I, I enjoyed the match, but let's just move on from this, please. I think the work they did in the ring was good. I just had no interest in seeing this. I mean, me and Gary talk about this all the time on Raw. This shows up, and it's just instantly like, let's go see what's on Monday Night Football. I, that's, <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't care. I, I really do hope it's over. I want to see good things for Finn. This uh, was a terrible, terrible waste of time. Here's the thing. I, I don't think the match was awful. Uh, I think these guys did a fine job. It, it's just the fact that this is too old. No one really is all that inspired about this feud. They stretched it out so far that now you're just like, uh, I can I please watch something else? So you have also that situation where, you know, people were behind both these guys in their careers at one time. And we've seen the way the WWE's kind of led them on and put them in a path that really is just kind of obscure. So it leads to us just kind of flailing around with them. Just, eh, just move on. What's the next match? You know, I think I got more excited watching the the, the vignette talking about Oscar, you know, and her debut right at TLC. So mm-hmm. that's not a good sign. I, I, I'm happy for Finn Balor that he got the win. I sure to God hope this is the end of that feud. I hope you're right, Sean. It's got to be right. It's, it's just got to be. Um, but I, I have my fears. I really, really do. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we do, uh, of course, you know, like I said, get that vignette for Oscar, and, and I'm glad that they at least announced it on No Mercy because that is something special, right? I mean, it gives us a little clue and what's going to be happening next with that. Well, let's talk about a match that I really enjoyed. Uh, something that you know, uh, it, sometimes I give a lot of hard times uh, towards, but I know you guys, you know, once again, uh, actually give some better credit critics uh, criticism. Excuse me over it. Ambrose and Rollins come in and face Cesaro and Sheamus for the tag titles. And I'll be honest with you guys, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I really did. I thought they did a good job. Uh, I know what to get Cesaro for Christmas now, right? You know, two front teeth. (laughs) So I'm so happy about that. Um, How did I know you were going to make that joke? How did I know? (laughs) (laughs) You got to expect it with me, right? Oh, you should have told me, Gary. I could have had the Alvin the Chipmunks drop. Ready to go. Oh, gosh darn it. We should have done it. Oh, we'll do it next time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I once again, I, this is a great match. I think that they did a wonderful job. Lots of false finishes here and there. And I think both teams just put a lot of effort into it. You know, Ambrose and Rollins winning the way they did, I was completely fine with it as well. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job here, Paul. I, pleasantly surprised. I, I thought this match was just absolutely incredible. One of the best matches I think WWE's done on pay-per-view all year. Um, just two guys, I mean, two teams really going out there, giving you everything they got. Uh, Cesaro very literally giving you everything he's got, including his two front teeth. Haha. Um, but, you know, it's just what a performance from Cesaro, too, afterwards. Like, he still was just as great as he ever is, despite the fact that. Breaking your teeth is super painful. Uh, take that from somebody who's done so. And I just ugh, can't imagine. Not to admit, like, what a horror figure he looked like throughout the rest of it. Anytime he <laughs> smiled or opened his mouth, it's just, oh, my God. <laughs> ah. 
to yeah, make Yeah, forget about, you know, going to watch it. Just watch this match. You'll get, you'll get yeah, enough is, uh, blood there. That's all you need. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure Pennywise is a bit more frightening, but still... This was a pretty scary in itself. He's, you could see him like the blood's coming down and he's got it all over his hands and, and everything else because what are you going to do? Uh, I'm surprised they didn't try to pull him over and have the doctors get involved because normally they do uh, for for stuff like that. But uh, good on them for keeping the match the way it was. Uh, this was great. Uh, this was the best match on the show. Uh, by a wide margin, and because all four of these guys know what they're doing, to tag team veterans at this point, Cesaro and Sheamus have wonderful chemistry, and they kind of kept that throughout the match. Of these two, obviously, have been a team, you know, much uh, more recently and more together than you know Ambrose and Rollins have been. Uh, so getting to use that to their advantage, the big double team with the the white the white noise into the big power bomb by Cesaro on top of Ambrose, that was pretty awesome. And yeah, they just had some really good near falls, and uh, the champs retain as you expect. But man, does that knee to the face look like a weird, just like a kind of lame finisher? I don't know. I'm with you. I thought it was kind of weak, too. I'll be honest with you. So I don't know why that's the new thing with him, but good Lord, just get a finisher and stick with it. Well, because he, <laughs> he can't do the, I guess they don't want him to do the Phoenix Splash because mm-hmm. that's a cruiserweight thing. Uh, you know, can't do the curb stomp, can't do the other move. So, yeah. <sighs> God's left gift i guess can injure someone so yeah you know i mean uh, it's just, i just try to think in my mind there's got to be a better finisher there's got to i mean i don't know why they're using that but hey i mean if it's what they got it's what they got i, I I just I feel uh, kind of bad for Rollins because he kind of gets stuck doing this a lot. Well, you, basically, when he goes in history and looks back at his career, he's going to be like, well, my finisher was, and he's going to have to name 16 of them, right? So <laughs> I don't I don't know how that's going to go over well in history, uh, but there you go. The man of many finishers. You know they have the guys of a 1,000 holds? Rollins is going to be the guy of a 1,000 finishers. So Great gimmick. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you honestly? How do you feel about this uh, situation now? You know, now we've kind of got Sheamus and Cesaro. This is, I mean, maybe their last shot at the title for a little while, or maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, what do you see this coming from? You know, going now with Rollins and, and Ambrose. I mean, do you see any other big things coming up here? I who else is there for him to feud with? Except, I think, really, Cesaro and Sheamus, unless they're going to have him go with Gallison and Anderson, but they're not really in a great shape, I think, to be in a feud either. And I know Jeff's status is sort of in question right now as far as the Hardys go. So just do Cesaro and Sheamus again. If we keep getting matches like this, I'm not going to say anything. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to complain about this at all. They could feed for a while, as far as I'm concerned, because they, the storyline is still good. It hasn't won on its welcome, and the matches are great. So I don't think you can ask for anything more. Mm-hmm. I don't think you guys are wrong at all. Uh, I just, you know, it, it just we, we talk about it all the time. That besides those two guys, who else is it? There's really nothing there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good thing it's working. Because if this wasn't working, how much hurt would that division be in? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, at least there's that positive that they can stick with something. But, you know, once you, we have to be wary of uh, the fact that eventually they will have to end this. And they'll hopefully have something back in gear for them to kind of feed on. Maybe the revival. Maybe something on the other end that will be there. But they've got to have something new. Eventually. How long is Dawson supposed to be out? Still. Got a couple months left still, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah Wouldn't he another six month injury when that happened? Think right, so. yeah. So eh, he's gotta at least make it to maybe Survivor Series he'll, he'll come back or Yeah. Depending on when uh, that is. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's just too long. <laughs> I want it back now. I'm too impatient. I gotta have him now. Uh, well, let's talk about something else that's kind of interesting here. Let's talk about the WWE Women's title. That's right. The Raw Women's title was up for grabs, and it was a fatal five-way. You had Alexa Bliss de- defending her title against Emma, uh, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. And, you know, if you ask me, uh, it was a pretty decent match here. I mean, they had some back and forth. It is the normal fatal five ways or four ways or just a multi-person match. Uh, you know, the one thing I think you can kind of tell out of this whole thing is, uh, for the most part, Bailey was kind of a, a tackling dummy along with Emma at times. Uh, Sasha Banks got hers in a little bit here and there and then became the tackling dummy. Nia looked strong, um, but in the end, too many people took her out most of the time. And Alexa Bliss basically, you know, found a way to sneak out the victory. Like, I think a lot of people did predict. Uh, no, there was a lot of people also predicting Nia. But if it wasn't out of those two, I think everybody was just kind of up for, for grabs. Alexa Bliss, though, is still your champion here. And, I mean, Sean, I, I'm just kind of curious what you think about that. What did you think about the match? The match was really good. I like the idea of Obviously, it makes sense. You want to take out the biggest person in the fight, right, to give yourself a better shot. So when you're doing that, uh, it adds some realistic properties to the match. Uh, the double teams with Naya and to Naya were probably the sort of more interesting parts of the match, too. The big Samoan drop or double Samoan drop by Naya and then the everybody trying to knock her out on the outside and then Naya landing on her neck, which was scary. And, yeah, then Nia comes back and gets the big run, and you kind of figured it was down to the two that most people were predicting, Alexa or Nia, and Alexa gets the the win kind of out of nowhere, knocking out Bailey again. So, uh, yeah, Alexa's fine. I think the promo at the end of the match told you kind of everything. She's going to be very cocky and very, uh, I'm better than everybody else until... Asuka shows up. Very weird that they're going to pre-announce Asuka for a pay-per-view already. But, okay. That works, too. And, yeah. 
so now you know, I guess, that the next match will be her and Asuka, which prepare to die, Alexa Bliss, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what this was. <laughs> if this couldn't kill her, Asuka will. Uh, I, this match is super fun, though. I think this is a great sprint. Uh, that basically, I, I don't want to say everybody looked good because I think Sasha's offense in this was uh, less than optimal at times. She, she looked so slow out there compared to what everybody else was doing. And I thought Nia was great here. Maybe her best performance I think I've seen from her. Uh, but everybody else here I thought was, was good. Uh, so I, I, I like Alexa retaining. I think her she's going to be a great foil to, to have the promos up against Asuka whenever the time comes. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And, you know, they kept getting us prepared for that during, you know, of course, commentary, just, you know, and, and a, you know, uh, Raw Talk following the show. They had Alexa Bliss being interviewed, and she kept saying, no, I've taken everybody out. Who's next? And they mentioned Mickey James, and I think Mickey James is going to be the person she faces until Asuka actually shows up. So um, they're bringing up those points, getting us ready for Alexa versus Asuka. And, boy, it's, it's going to be a kick to the face for a poor Alexa Bliss. Uh, it's going to be pretty nasty. So this will be fun, though. I think it's great. You know, you brought up a good point here, Paul. It, it's going to be basically Alexa Bliss carrying the promos. You know, she'll be doing a lot of the talking. People like when she talks because she's one of the best in the division. So I think this is good stuff all the way around. I think we got uh, some good days ahead of us when it comes to this uh, Raw Women's Championship and the feuds that will be taking place coming up. So pretty happy about that. Uh, well, you know, we also have to talk about something that I'm kind of curious if you guys are happy about, and that is the John Cena and Roman Reigns match. And they did a lot of talking. They really, really did. You know, we uh, got a chance to hear several times with their back and forth on Raw and everything that was all that. But we finally got a chance to see them get in the ring together. And they put on a, a decent match here. I mean, I, I'm sure it depends on if you really like these guys or you don't, but I think they both, you know, worked hard, put some effort into it. And now here we are. And, you know, we even get John Cena doing some things that I guess, you know, you may consider outside the box a little bit for him sometimes. Uh, but he puts, uh, you know, tries to get Roman Reigns to the table, backfires, Roman Reigns spears him through the table. And in the end, you know, despite all his efforts and the uh, super AA, he catches a spear in the end and loses, and Roman Reigns is the winner. What do you think, Sean? Uh, this is uh, one of those matches where I felt like they were trying to make it feel epic, and it didn't hit that for me. I know there's people that are that are saying it did. Uh, not great territory, but still at least very good territory. To me, it was just good. It just felt very formula. Like, I could tell where they were going to go every time that they were going to do something. And it, maybe it's just from watching too many matches with Roman Reigns and, and John Cena. But it's like, okay, he's going to kick out of that. He's going to kick out of that. He's going to... And then the crowd was just not super into this because they took forever to get going at the beginning and John's almost thought they were going to go HBK Hogan with mm -hmm. John Cena like overdoing it on the punches like falling yeah. down every time and whatever and it's like well it would kind of make sense with the way John Cena was doing the promo if they did go that way but 
uh, maybe maybe would have been a better match, honestly. But like, <laughs> no, it's just it. Let me. I don't want. I don't want to say this. It's a good match. It's a. It's just. It's very like. Oh my God! Finisher! 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 Finisher you know, just. I don't know. I uh, I'm with you first of all on what you were thinking because the way Cena was selling Reigns punches at the very beginning, I'm like, oh my God, he is about to HPK poor Roman here. Uh, <laughs> and it fortunately it didn't turn into that, but you can. I think they. I think you had it right. It took way too long. I think for them to really start getting into the stuff that mattered because it felt like they kind of dicked around for the first ten minutes. And then you sort of start getting into the parts that count. And the parts that count, I don't think, are good enough to make you forget about the opening 10 minutes. So to that end, I think this is a good match, not a great match. Because I do think a lot of the work they did, especially down the stretch, was pretty good. Crowd, The crowd totally bit on the double AA. I think they bit on the super AA, too. I think it's just kind of weird for Roman to sort of just get the win with the Superman and the spear combo right off the bat, you know? And... Maybe this was playing into them wanting to make him look as strong as possible, but I, I just doesn't play well with the way you've booked Cena since forever. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And here's the thing, okay? So we have at the very beginning, and I'm sorry, I kind of sped through the explanation of the match because I was about to choke to death. Um, but uh, basically what started this whole thing out was the crowd you know, chanting at John Cena and all that. And he got out of the ring and walked up the ramp like he was leaving, which is awfully odd and very weird. But, you know, they did it. And then, of course, you know, doing the table spot and all that stuff, it was just kind of, it just seemed out of character at times for him. <sighs> that beginning, too. I thought, you know, you're really missing something here, John Cena. If you're going to act that spaghetti legged over a couple of Roman's punches at the very beginning of this match, you need to wear the yellow and red. <laughs> and I can see your bald spot even more now, Cena. So, you know, if you're going to become the yellow and red, then let us know that. And I just, ah, just, I just felt out of character. Like you, you guys just both mentioned, it was a good match, not great. And you know what bothered me, too, is when you got Raw Talk at the end of the show, John Cena kept trying to sell... Roman Reigns is this next thing. He is it. He is the guy. Oh, and by the way, I gave you my best effort. I've seen a lot of John Cena matches, guys. I know you have, too. That was not his best effort. I know they're playing it off as it is. That was not his best effort. I wish they wouldn't act like it was. I think that might be their best effort together, just because they're both two guys who excel at being the second best wrestler in the ring, not the best. And I think Reigns is the better wrestler out of the two, uh, as weird as that might be for a lot of people listening. But I just they they wrestled what what Sean was saying. They re- this is a very typical typical WWE main event formula match, and that's all well and good. But that's it's a good that's a good match. It's not a great match, you know. Yeah. Hey, you know, I guess they got their point across, right? I mean, they got their point across that John Cena is going to move on and do other things. And you got the guy in Roman Reigns, who's that next big baby face that they want. And this is a, you know, I guess you'd call passing of a torch situation in a way. It's kind of odd. It was on just a no mercy pay-per-view. I thought you would do this on maybe a bigger one, but John Cena, of course, has movies coming out. He's doing a lot of projects. So, 
that's the way it had to work out. It was based on his schedule. I'm sure they would have loved to do this at a bigger pay-per-view. But it is what it is. And, you know, I'm happy for Roman. You know, mm-hmm. let's see where he goes. Let's see what he does with this chance and opportunity now. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I just wish it would have been better. Like, I, I wish this would have been something we'd be talking about for a long time. It just was not that way. And, you know, Sean was, you know, talking about it being that formula. And you guys were kind of going down the, the list of the things that happened in the match. And it just has to be this way. It just it, it sucks because I wanted something bigger. But it is so. Um, but you know, and you know, on a regular episode of Wrestling in the Max, unless you guys want to talk about it now, you know, there was a lot of talk of you know John Cena and this being his last big match before he goes and becomes a major part timer. What do you think about that? Do you think this is a, a situation where he really is going to become that major part timer, or do you think he's going to be called back a lot more than he really wants to? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not expecting him till Royal Rumble time, honestly. So I, I, I'm going to go with maybe less, but I, it's going to be tough to call what they, after what they do, you know, post WrestleMania next year. Cause yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to be around for that, that whole time. So, mm-hmm. uh, what you do after that, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know if I have a great feel for it yet. I mean, it's. We we never got to the question of what happens to WWE with you know life after John Cena like you always do whenever you have your your benchmark star for a generation disappear. Yeah, you're right, Sean. What did you think? I mean, the, the interview he did on Raw Talk it was kind of funny because it felt like one of those retirements from NFL NBA players. It really did. He kind of used the same verbiage. He kind of teared up a little bit. It was real emotional, and I appreciate that the, the realism that John Cena gave us. But I just don't know. I still question how much we're going to see him in the future. Well, maybe we don't see him a lot in the future. I think, honestly, for him, he sees that his career is going other places. You know, his soon-to-be wife is doing Dancing with the Stars. I mean, I'm sure she's not going to be without opportunities herself, so they're starting to see their careers outside of wrestling, and I don't blame him if he... I'm sure he'll show up for WrestleMania and do a match and all that kind of stuff for WWE, at least for this one. Uh, After that, I don't think he owes them anything. Uh, So, I mean, he doesn't really owe them anything anything now if and if no mercy were to be his last match ever then you know he put over the guy that they wanted to be put over and it is what it is right mm-hmm. even though the crowd booed him more because it was almost like the rock and john cena all those years ago it's like we know what you're doing mm-hmm. and it you know we're not that big in favor of it but it's just yeah i mean i if we don't see him much, I think that kind of tells you everything. But I wouldn't be surprised, again, if we see him around Rumble time, WrestleMania, all that. But he mm-hmm. deserves to have if, – if Brock can have it, he deserves to have it too. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I think he deserves it as well. He's put a lot of effort, time in. You know, he, he I think he talked about 15 years uh, on the road doing all the stuff, being, you know, a WWE first kind of guy and – you know, hey, it's time for his rewards. So, 
good stuff for John Cena, hopefully in the future. Let's talk about Neville versus Enzo Amore for that cruiserweight title. And, uh, you know, as I predicted, we were, you know, talking about the whole thing during the preview. Enzo, of course, does come out and talks and good God, I wish he would just shut up and get in the ring. But he, you know, does his little spill. Uh, and, you know, we have a, a match here that I, really, honestly, for a lot of it was controlled by Neville, which it should have been. Uh, Neville does miss on the red arrow, and then we have Enzo Amore kicking him in the jewels, and uh, Enzo steals a win and steals the cruiserweight title right out from underneath Neville's grasp. Here we are, guys, in a world with Enzo Amore as a champion. Uh, Paul, are you as sick as I am? Uh, I tell you, I don't care about 205 Live anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just this match was very it's very bland. It takes a lot for Neville to have a bad match, and uh, th- this this certainly brought that to the table. So, I there's a lot of story going on here. I appreciate that. That's all well and good. It's just, 205 Live and Cruiserweights when it comes to pay per view time is supposed to be about action. And I'm assuming they knew what this was going to be when they put it in the spot that it did. And, you know, we're we're living with the consequences now. But, yeah, I just I don't really care to watch 205 live anymore. If this is going to be the the guy that's supposed to be bringing me to the show. Uh, why? 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 You know what? This is Vince just saying, you know what? This is what I think about 205 Live. Here's your punch in the balls, Neville. <laughs> and to the rest of you internet people that uh, love you some small guys wrestling, well, nah, no, we're just going to have this guy that can't wrestle at all be our champion instead. Look, uh, I get it. They were trying. I almost felt like Neville was having a bad match on purpose. <laughs> like, like, just just to prove how bad Enzo is. Like, it's just, I get the whole point was that Enzo was trying to prove he could wrestle, but then at the end he just said, screw it, and mm-hmm. threw him the balls or whatever, and I guess mission accomplished on that, but it's just like, I didn't think they would actually do it. I thought they would, like, tease it, but just... Why? I'm going to loathe talking about this show now. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, It's just awful. And here's the thing. I mean, I'm just imagining backstage what's happening during this match. And, you know, you got all the people in Gorilla watching it, and they're trying to see the crowd reaction and how people feel about it. And I'm just seeing Vince smiling the old time and just, you know, saying, hey, you know, this is what I kind of think about it. This is the way it, it's kind of being presented to the crowd, and let's see if they like it. They don't like it. I don't care. This is something that's just kind of there for me. It's a side project amongst all the other things I got going on. So, I mean, I, I think hopefully they kind of got a little crowd reaction. Maybe it was negative. Maybe it was something that they needed to see. But I just think Vince is just backstage peeing all over that Cruiserweight title. Just like, this is how much it means to me. I mean, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. It's just 
so I mean, I just I am so unmotivated. I, you know, and not only that, I mean, Enzo Amore got on Raw Talk and did his little spill. Good God! I mean, once again, I don't know how I ever liked Enzo Amore. Like it really boggles my mind. I used to love this guy on NXT, first getting on the scene with Kaz, and they're doing their thing, and <clears throat> everything that they were doing was kind of fun. But I think without Kaz to bounce off of, he's just annoying. He's just uh, he he's a little he's cocky. He's all these things. I mean, he was just. Oh, it's just terrible. I, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. I just, I really don't like this guy for some reason. He just annoys me. So now, uh, hopefully, if you do listen to those 205 Live reviews, hopefully there's better stuff to talk about in those shows, and they don't just put it all in Enzo all the time. So Anyway, uh, let's talk about the main event, guys. This is something I think a lot of people are wanting to hear about, and we are going to talk about it now. Brock Lesnar, the champion, the uh, universal champion himself, Taking on Braum Strowman. And uh, uh, I just want to say, going back to that for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Jack Gallagher's tweet is great. He says, and they called me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, my God. So, poor Gallagher. Hey, you know. Uh, okay, so uh, you know we get this major heavyweight title match going on here. You have Braun Strowman throwing around Brock Lesnar for the first part of it. You know, there's really no answers at first for Brock, uh, but guess what? The Kimura Lock does a lot of evening out, and uh, you know it really does help Brock Lesnar because it gives him some leverage, and it also takes away some of the strength that Braun Strowman has. He's able to get in some of the, uh, you know, suplex city stuff. You know, I think we get, what, six or seven suplexes in this match, finally. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, Braun Strowman's still able to do those super uh, power slams. And just, you know, they're they're kind of going back and forth at the end here. It's a little bit more even matched. At the end of the day, though, Brock Lesnar gets the F5 and gets the one, two, three to beat Braun Strowman. This is interesting uh, for the fact that, you know, I didn't know if this was going to end maybe with a situation where it was a no finish or Braun Strowman was going to get screwed over somehow. But no, it was a clean victory for Brock Lesnar here. Braun Strowman looks a little tired at the end like he should. What do you think about this, Sean? I mean, uh, Braun Strowman's the hot young guy coming out of this and Brock Lesnar's Brock Lesnar. Uh, WWE, why? Why must you continue with Brock Lesnar again and again and again? Like, the dude's already telling you he wants to go fight again. You don't know if he's going to re-sign with your company. You have these opportunities to tell people, hey, we have faith in these other guys. Nope. Like, it's just, at some point, you need to pull the trigger and go, we're going to try to set this guy apart. Braun Strowman is special. You don't have guys like Braun Strowman come around all the time. He's getting Brock comparisons from Paul Heyman, for God's sakes. And how rare is Brock? So, it's like, this was your time to have him win. Maybe win decisively. Uh, not to mention this match felt like it just kind of ended randomly. 
it was it was just not a good match. It was a weird way to end the pay per view, honestly. N- not that that match ended the pay per view is just it's the way it ended was weird. But like, I'm just frustrated by the fact that I don't care about Brock. I don't mind Brock being champion. It's just you did it with Joe. I get it. He's old. Whatever you want to say, he's 38 or 30. You know, it's like oh, we don't want to give it to a guy like that. Uh, and have him be the guy that beats Brock. Like, if your idea is still to have Roman beat him down the line or whatever, you are so misguided that you wonder sometimes why, you know, your company is the way it is. You make all this revenue, but it's rather empty. Can we use the same thoughts we had about Cena and Reigns? Because it's the same damn match. Absolutely the same damn match. Young guy comes in, hits all the big moves, hits his finisher a bunch of times. Brock sort of shakes it off, locks in a Kimura, does some of that stuff, and then comes in, hits one F5, that's it. That's all it is. Same match, just shorter. And uh, it really sucks that it comes at the expense of somebody who they built up very well in Braun Strowman. Somebody who the crowd is actually behind. Somebody who has an equally great story to tell with Roman if he's the champion going into WrestleMania. And they can't deviate from the plan because they just don't want to. I, I, I don't get it. Th- this was infuriating. This was boring because, like I said, we had seen all of this already. And for me, expecting two guys to really just come out there and demolish each other. We didn't really get that either. Uh, it's just... It's just flat the whole way through, and that's uh, it's a real shame to end the note of Braun looking so impressive throughout the uh, the entire run up to this. I had my gut feeling that Brock Lesnar was going to win. I just mm. did. I mean, I, I just kind of felt like that they were going to find some reason to have Braun Strowman wait around longer. And yes, Braun Strowman is younger, but Braun Strowman's not that young. Braun Strowman's my age. He's 34 years old, right? And it depends on how long he can do this. I mean, he just basically got in the game. But, I mean, I don't know if he's going to do this for 15, 20 years. And for you to start his career out as uh, hot and just on this big momentum, it's great, looking good. And then all of a sudden he starts losing these big matches. And that's a problem. I think that's not a great thing. And you want him to do some things that mean a lot in the long run. And you've got to give him those milestones. You've got to allow him to win these big matches eventually. Especially against guys like Brock uh, Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar is a huge name. And not only that, he's a guy that can really make Braun Strowman look like he's unbeatable. Like he, there's who in the world is going to beat this guy. And, you know, here we are now. He's just kind of on the outside looking in and seeing if he can now uh, get back on the train and see if he can go and get a rematch against Brock or whoever else on the line. And I just hate that for him, but it is what it is. And maybe they're saying he's young. He'll overcome it. But, you know, we need to do some things differently here because it's obvious Brock Lesnar can't have those long main event matches He's holding a title kind of hostage in a way every time he holds it because he's not there all the time. So it's a kind of a catch-22, but just not a great one. So I get where you're coming from on that, Paul. And I just – whoever Brock drops it to, it better matter, right? And Roman Reigns is probably that guy eventually. 
But I, we can't wait till WrestleMania, I don't think. There's no way. If you wait till WrestleMania, that's way too long. Then I'm going to start hating it. So, let's see. But that, that just seems the logical point. Yeah, I think that's no. exactly where they're going. Uh, it's like, it doesn't seem like Survivor Series is going to be the time. Royal Rumble would just kind of seem like why there when you could just wait two more months. So, yeah, I just... And we're not supposed to see Brock again until January now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hey. So, Brom, you, you you don't even get a chance to, to redeem it. Uh, so now, Brom Strowman is going to go destroy well, other people. When do people get their chance to redeem it, other than Goldberg? I mean, yeah. when do you? True. Because that's the whole point, right? Brock comes in, he beats people, and he leaves. And it's just... I I feel like that star is not shining anywhere near as brightly as it once was. Mm-hmm. And you need to cash in on that before it totally burns out. And again, Roman doesn't need that. He's at the level he's going to be at. Doesn't matter what you do with him in the next three or four months. You're not go- It's not going to do anything for him. He doesn't need the beat Brock endorsement to go any higher or, or whatever. Somebody like Braun really could have used that. But again, you know, as long as they have their one guy, it doesn't matter, it seems mm-hmm. like, to them. Or they're so weird with how they define stars. Like if they get to a certain point and they're over with the crowds, that's all they need. It's like, no, no, it's not really, but okay. You know, I, I can understand the people like yeah. uh, we have a few people in the, the, the group that said they canceled the network. I get and, it. Uh, and I'm seeing it on mm. Twitter, too. Like, I get it. You start feeling this emptiness inside with WWE of just are they ever going to get out of their own way? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it becomes a big issue, you know. It's almost like they go to spite everybody else just to make themselves kind of feel like that, you know, we're doing the right thing, we're building up this guy. Hey, you, you think about it, you know, Roman Reigns is going to go and beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Braun Strowman couldn't do it. No one can do it, but Roman Reigns can. And then, you know, what's next? I mean, he's hitting all these milestones, and it's wonderful for Roman Reigns, not wonderful for the uh, the entire WWE universe. Not really wonderful for the rest of that roster, right? I, I don't get it. I just don't, I, and I don't know if any of us do. I again, we're not their casual audience, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I gotta, even yeah. the casuals at this point, though, like mm-hmm. as much as you might really like Brock at some point, you gotta be like, dude, be be on the show, like. <laughs> We want to see you, not just see you every couple months or something like that. I mean, there's got to be a breaking point for those guys, too. And I think for the yeah. casuals, it's starting to get... I think it's fun to join in the chant and the all that stuff, but I think for the casuals, the matches are, with him are starting to get... Now, you have that like fatal four-way, which was freaking great, because yeah, that's it's awesome. not just Brock, that's multiple people in one match or whatever. But... 
and that was also largely because of Braun too. Mm-hmm. But you know, let, let's not for, let's not remember that either, Vince. But I, I'm just my my point here is like, we're not their target audience again. We're just the people that they count on to be their backbone that they can abuse and use and whatever. And that's that's what most people do with their their hardcore audience for the most part. But it's just uh, I I feel like we're gonna go in circles here. But it's just this is. His matches are starting to to become like I'm really not looking forward to this. I know what it's going to be. Okay. Yeah, and you know, for the fact you're right, we could go in circles, and we talk about this all the time. Every other podcast about this, and I'm I'm not going to belabor the point. But my my whole thing about this is, uh, what are you really leaving on the bone for Roman Reigns after all this? Because once you get to that plateau, if he beat Brock Lesnar, in turn he beat Braun uh, Strowman, in turn he beat everybody else, he beat, he sent John Cena packing. This guy has done everything. I mean, the only thing he's got left to do is to get legends to come back and beat them, like, you know, squash Stone Cold in a minute, get Ric Flair in the figure for himself. I mean, just basically say, I'm the greatest of all time, and... That's the banner they want for this guy? Okay, that's great. That's a nice banner. But you've got to have people that care about that, right? You've got mm-hmm. to have people that actually want to believe you're the best of all time instead of just seeing it kind of <sighs> just being placed there in front of him. So, I, 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 once again, we can belabor the point, but it just it, I mean, it bothers there's me. There's people that really like Roman that aren't in our circles, so... And I think it's great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating those people. That's great. If you love, if you love John Cena, yeah. and, you know, you've got all that you could handle from John Cena. Congratulations. That's over now, but congratulations. Roman Reigns, you're still going to have your future. You know, you guys are so lucky. You know, I never got that opportunity. You know, Goldberg was only there for a little while for me, and then Ken Shamrock didn't stay around. So I, I, I'm just, you know, I got to lose it. Always find a way to put Ken Shamrock into the conversation. <laughs> I applaud you for finding ways to keep him relevant, Gary. Uh, I'm just saying, my guys aren't always winners, but yes, I do. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, you know, there you go. Uh, that's your no mercy, and you know, I think we kind of got into a lot of different topics here. I think, for my point of view, not always the best situations when we get into some of these negative conversations when you're talking about a pay-per-view overall. So that takes us to the rating. I wonder how negative or positive you guys have this whole No Mercy 2017. Uh, Paul, I'll start with you. What did you give this thing? I, I really struggled to connect with this show, and there are certainly things on this show worth watching, like the tag team titles. Uh, and, and the women's championship match, too, was also very good, but there's just so much on this I didn't either care about or didn't hold my interest or or stuff like that. And I think I think I can only give it a five. I, I just I I didn't care. And, and by the end of it, I was left more angry than I really probably should have been. But here we are. Uh, the last three matches kind of started the downturn. I know the the Cena Roman Reigns match seems to be a divide on where that is, as far as in the echelon of how good it is and everything else. Uh, taking away from that, it doesn't 
discount the fact that it's very WWE formula. We knew who was going to win the moment the bell rang, which was, which never helps anything either. And at least with Brock and Braun, there was that intrigue of you thought that maybe this might be the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, it's not. And it, it just leaves that disappointing feeling again when you're done the pay-per-view and it's like, oh, this is the same old WWE again. Uh, I totally understand why, other than Enzo winning, which was just idiotic, uh, everybody else kept the title so you could have that intrigue at the end. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus and Rollins and Ambrose is well worth your time to go watch. That is a great match that you need to go see. Uh, women's match was fun. Well worth your time watching that as well. And then, you know, the, the other... Uh, Dashi Tata match was was good, and and so was Finn and, Finn and Wyatt surprised at being good too. Just hopefully that feud is over. Uh, I'm gonna go with a six. The the undercard heavily saves this show from being you know in the bad territory, but I don't think it was a particularly like good show or yeah. It doesn't reach the good show territory for me. You know, watching Raw week in and week out and and trying to, you know, follow these storylines and find silver linings and some of them that really don't have much to gloat about. I was really hoping coming into No Mercy, they were going to do some things that would really up the game, amp some of the situations and storylines and future up to another level it just didn't happen for most of them i mean we, we didn't really amp anything up with the tag division but what we did get was a great match that really made me happy the women's you know title stuff i think was you know right about where it needed to be and i think you guys you know made some great points about those matches so those are the two matches i really could hold close and say yes yeah, i really enjoyed them the rest of them were just there i just didn't really have a lot for them I just really was not invested in most of this show. It really sucks. I wanted to be. I, I I'm going to go with a five too because I just it was my gut, and I really felt like you know they could have done a lot better. So nonetheless, I really think you know this was not as great as I needed it to be. I'm kind of glad I haven't watched Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor because now I can go get that taste out of my mouth. Um, so it just, it just really bummed me out because I was really expecting a really good, no mercy and it did not pan out the exactly the way I wanted it to. So, uh, but yeah, that is our show. We appreciate you all for joining us tonight. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, and I apologize once again for my voice. I know it's kind of sucks. Hopefully by tomorrow when we do the raw review and W2M episode 266, it's a lot better. I'm hoping. Uh, so we'll see, uh, but none of you know uh, of us. You know, of course, uh, want to let you guys forget that you can find us over at w2mnet.com. You know, you can make sure you go search out our show plus a lot, lot more. Uh, the guys over at Wrestling Unwrapped are also doing their review for No Mercy, so you go check out that show as well. Harry and Patrick are really fun. Those guys are hilarious. They'll give you a great show as well. So make sure you go see what they thought about No Mercy. And as well, a lot of other shows on our W2M Net network that you want to go find because, you know, trust me, lots of great opinions, lots of great content. Uh, make sure you also go check out Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, YouTube, wherever you subscribe. Go subscribe now at Wrestling to the Max. Get all of our great content. Just easy as pie. Go push that subscribe button. Rate and review as well. And it's all there for you. So 
<clears throat> Until next time, guys, if you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it. Please. Later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.